Welcome to the fifth episode of Circo's podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Wells, Client Director for Healthcare Circo Middle East. And today I'll be chatting with my colleague, Andrew Prince, uh, the Director of Circo's Global Centre of Excellence for Healthcare. I will be talking about the importance of digital healthcare, how it can benefit both health providers and patients, and explore its long-term benefits on the health sector. I think just to put things in context, um, the pandemic has placed a tremendous demand on healthcare systems across the world and has affected the way that consumers access services, uh, seek services, receive services, um, and providing digitized health, digitized health services is more crucial than ever, uh, thinking about social distancing and keeping people safe. With digitization having the potential to impact every aspect of care delivery and operations. Firstly, let's discuss what are the key learnings that have been gained from the pandemic. Um, and Andrew, how do you think this will ad- accelerate the adoption of these services? Uh, thanks, Andrew. Well, I think, first of all, it, it, it's evident that patients of all ages, it's clear, are willing uh, and able to adopt technologies to communicate uh, with their care provider, for example, in making or changing appointments online uh, or receiving uh, reminders for forthcoming appointments, um, uh, and, and also in terms of uh, video consultations with their uh, with their clinician uh, rather than face to face appointments. Uh, but for me, what's really exciting is the use of increased use of digital technologies uh, for remote care monitoring, uh, for example, to encourage patients to look after themselves uh, better, for example, by taking uh, their vital signs, their blood pressure, their blood sugar uh, levels, their temperature uh, more regularly, um, which allows us to detect deterioration of a chronic condition, uh, whether that's um, uh, diabetes or or, or chronic heart failure, uh, uh, and to encourage better compliance with prescriptive prescription medicines. Uh, typically, adherence in medicines in, uh, for patients at home is, is less than 50%. Uh, and we know now that we can drive that up to closer to 90%. Um, and in, in doing that, we can help patients look after themselves better uh, and avoid uh, attendance at the emergency department or even worse, readmission into hospital. That's quite a huge statistic. So how, how do we do that? How does the technology work? Well, over recent years, and particularly the last few months, there's been a big advance in the point-of-care sensors, such as devices to take blood pressure, uh, blood sugar levels, and so on, uh, and the ability to capture that information uh, in in command and control centres where professionals can monitor a patient's condition without having to be face-to-face. So both those connectivities and those uh, point-of-care devices have um, advanced considerably over the last few months. And I think anyone that's been sold an Apple Watch, I think will attest to the fact that having a nudge to take your medication is something, as well as breathing indeed, that, that Apple Watches do, um, is something that will really help with, uh, with those kind of reminders. And I suppose reflecting on the Middle Eastern markets, um, uh, they seem to have really embraced digitization and home care in particular to support the pandemic, um, uh, the response to the pandemic, particularly with the launch of the remote care monitoring platform in Abu Dhabi, which actually enables patients to access prescription renewals, especially if they're in one of the categories um, that require isolation from uh, from other members of the community because of their vulnerabilities. 
what we've seen uh, uh, and what we've heard from the, the Saudi Ministry of Health as well is the acceleration of their digitization work stream as part of their new model of care, um, which covers everything from uh, the assistance of helping patients to isolate from the pandemic uh, to also providing at-home uh, consultations um, and, uh, and providing that greater connectivity between, between health providers. Very interesting to see how the pandemic has, has almost prompted and caused people to think differently. Yes, I, th I think that's right. And you mentioned the uh, the Apple Watch, but also there's a, a number of. I mean, if you look at the medical grade devices, they've they've got smaller, more convenient, uh, and less invasive um, for, for the patient. So, uh, but it's produced a lot more data, which needs to be understood and analysed. Uh, and of course, you can use. Um, uh, systems like uh, artificial intelligence to analyze that data. Um, uh, but we need to find ways of uh, making sure that doesn't overwhelm the, the clinician with information, which they can't then process. So this is where SOCO comes in to help capture, analyze, and present relevant data to the, to the clinician so they can take the, the relevant ac uh, action with the patient. Absolutely. So finding ways to present the data that makes it easy to read and easy to access um, and disseminate um, for that, that sort of decision-making support. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and moving on from that, there's another domain which I think has also moved ahead uh, rapidly in the last few months, and that's the real-time tracking of uh, equipment in hospitals, whether it's a, um, a, a heart monitor or a, uh, an infusion pump, to know where equipment is, to know where uh, perhaps vulnerable pa patients are, helps, helps us to um, allocate resources more efficiently across the hospital um, uh, and allows, for example, the, the tracing of equipment or uh, people who may have been exposed to inf infection and, and can then be isolated. Absolutely. I think some of the research we've done in the northeast of the UK around how to use that kind of data to track um, C. difficile uh, outbreaks across the hospital and being able to respond uh, in terms of hospital-acquired infection and infection prevention um, has been quite successful. Absolutely. So partly about money, but it's also about uh, better care of patients, uh, particularly around infection control and prevention. And I think there's a lot of um, people talking about creating digital twins of things. Um, and so uh, where this technology, I think, really excels is being able to use um, very small devices with very low bandwidths um, to, to create the digital twin of the environment of both the, the, the facility itself, the assets within that facility, uh, which really underpins the productivity that you, you've talked about and the sort of ease of service delivery to the patient. Yes, it's ease of service delivery and also being able to quickly adapt to hospital. Um, these days, um, uh, a lot of hospitals are trying to, to separate the COVID from the non-COVID and the suspect COVID areas, uh, and you don't want equipment or staff where they don't have to moving between those zones and so if you have a digital twin uh, you can model and uh, reshape your hospital uh, and adapt it to these new circumstances much more much more quickly yeah with real-time data to sort of help that decision making um, so how can digitized healthcare services benefit patients um, and how does it affect their whole recovery experience well firstly 
digitization helps the coordination between doctor and patient uh, in the ways that I've um, mentioned previously around remote care monitoring and be able to schedule appointments. Um, but it also allows um, you know, remote consultations uh, to, to take place between doctor and patient. Um, and it also helps to get the right clinicians together. Um, it's, it's increasingly difficult to get um, multidisciplinary teams in the same place at the same time uh, within a hospital environment. So if you can achieve that in a, uh, a virtual environment on, on Zoom or Teams or, or whatever, uh, then that allows clinicians together uh, to reach their collective decisions much more quickly and, uh, uh, and accurately for the patient. So yeah, this sharing of information has been quite prominent in in Abu Dhabi's launch of its um, central health and or unified medical record called Malafi. Um, and that enables 2,000 care providers um, in uh, Abu Dhabi to share information about patients, which um, help patients have actually more choice um, uh, and it prevents duplication within the system. Um, and so ultimately uh, creates a better patient experience without putting a, a, an overall greater economic burden on the healthcare system. Yeah, and, and Serco's contribution to this is uh, particularly to join up care within a hospital environment with care outside of the hospital once that patient is patient is is discharged through uh, what we would call a, a community hub. Um, Serco's expertise lies in uh, creating that um, th th those connections and uh, uh, and analyzing, sifting the data uh, to help the clinicians do their job more effectively. Um, so, for example, in, in creating the communication networks that connect clinicians with their patients um, the right, so that everyone's in the right time, in the right place. Uh, and we also help patients to build the habits of good self-care so that when they are discharged from hospital, uh, they do monitor their condition, blood pressure, blood sugar, temperature, weight and so on uh, more reliably and consistently, um, help them to build the habits of taking their medication uh, on a daily basis when they should um, and don't forget and don't um, uh, avoid it because they prefer not to. And in that way, we can uh, identify when a patient's condition is deteriorating slightly so that small interventions can put them back on the right path and in that way avoid attendance at an emergency department or uh, a readmission to hospital. Absolutely and I think what we've seen in the Middle East is quite a lot of new entrepreneurial startups that are helping provide patients with access to services from home so that they can better navigate the healthcare system um, and and also help them manage care from home uh, as well. And it's really great to see, obviously, uh, the UAE in particular being a very forward-thinking nation in terms of uh, its adoption and technology. So yeah. nicely move on to um, what is the importance of having digitized healthcare services, and especially in the Middle East. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's clear that that healthcare can't just be about uh, putting uh, uh, making people better in hospitals, um, particularly as uh, with the, with an aging population. Um, many 
patients, many, many citizens will have one or more long-term conditions, whether it's diabetes or um, acute heart failure or hypertension. Uh, and we, it's, it's just simply not acceptable for the patient or indeed for the health system for those patients to be bouncing back from, from hospital to home and then back into hospital again. Uh, we need to the, the, the health system uh, with, with our help needs to uh, learn to, to help patients look after themselves at home, uh, providing smaller interventions um, when they can avoid larger interventions uh, later on. And I think traditionally the Middle East has been very focused on its um, hospital infrastructure and its, uh, I guess, the secondary care provision that it gives to, to its citizens. And I think now um, with the changing structures of the health systems, in particular in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and, and the UAE, there's a great opportunity to reinvent what would be seen in other countries as, uh, as primary care and community care. Yeah, and, and, they, and it's, it's possible they have the opportunity to leap more quickly to uh, the adoption of the, these newer technologies, which have come on leaps and bounds in the last, last few months to you know, really improve, really drive better access to care, better patient experience, better outcomes for patients, uh, and at the same time lowering the cost of uh, the cost of care to the to the economy. Absolutely, with that with that sort of ambition um, to create something new, um, and also without the barriers that already exist, perhaps from an existing infrastructure that's there. I think um, at a, at a previous conference we attended, um, a speaker from the National Health Service actually said. What, to, what the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is trying to achieve by 2030, we've been trying to achieve since the 1980s. And so um, <laughs> that really shows the ambition of the region. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the, the few good things that's, that's come out of the COVID experience, uh, again, referring to the NHS in the UK, is that we seem to have made 10 years of progress in, uh, in, in two months. Absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? And all from our bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I suppose finally, um, what are the long-term benefits on the health sector of digitization? Well, I think first of all, it's an opportunity to provide better care for patients, particularly those that are living with multiple long-term conditions. It's an awful experience to be bouncing in and out of hospital uh, for, for the patient, and we we can and should do better than that. Um, secondly, uh, it, it it helps us to make better use of um, expensive equipment in, in hospitals uh, and uh, expensive and skilled clinical staff in hospitals. Uh, to allow them to, to focus on what they do best and look after the most criti critically ill patients. Um, so it, it's, it's better for patients, it's better for clinicians, uh, and it's a, a, a more satisfactory response of the, of, the, uh, of the government to the overall needs of the health economy. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Um, everybody, that's, that's all we have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, so a big thank you to everybody for listening. Mm -hmm.